Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So this is a remarkable day. Is it? I would say it is by definition a remarkable day. And that's not just because the press secretary of the United States uh, actually literally said this when asked why the president didn't bring up... um, Oh, we're, the State of the Union stuff. We got to do that stuff, huh? Yeah. Just some of it, though. I mean, it's old by now. We asked why <clears throat> the president didn't bring up the the dead soldiers in Afghanistan. The um, Jen Psaki's answer was this. So look, a speech like the State of the Union, it's hugely important. It doesn't touch on, it doesn't have the time to touch on everything that is a priority. So there you go. There wasn't time for it. Sometimes there's just not time. Sometimes there's just not time. There was time to talk about Bo. Yes, there was. There was time to talk about Bo, as there usually is. Um, And then there was time for Bo Burt to uh, jump right in when she was talking about Bo. I thought Mm -hmm. that was MTG at first, but it wasn't. It was Lauren Boebert, who who brought up the troops in Afghanistan and... You know, so that is uh, that is that. Hang on, I kind of see if I can hear me. Your camera a little bit. I'm a little, I'm a little. Uh, oh. There we go. All right, <clears throat> but there's other things going on, and obviously we've lost um, little Dave, our dog, our Jack Russell Terrier. Uh, became suddenly sick a couple of days ago. In today, has passed on today. Which we didn't expect. He's a young dog, yeah, and a, a lovely little guy. But 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 I don't want to start there because we'll get there. Because I think I have to take a second because I don't think I did to talk about a human being, a real human being who I knew, and I was a coworker and friend, mm-hmm. um, who passed away, who I haven't talked about yet. Okay. And 
And his name is John Albanese. John Albanese grew up in Melrose, Massachusetts. When I got to when I got to um, Entercom, Boston, two thousand four, he was a producer, a part time producer, kicking around, wanting to um, trying to get a full time gig. Extremely nice kid. When I was the front desk um, um, receptionist, the male receptionist at thirty one yeah. years old. Uh, John would always come in and say hi. The kid was totally grounded. Never, never thought he was better than anybody. Um, a, a modest guy, you know, liked to hang out with the boys and have some beers and play golf, and uh, you know, loved, loved just camaraderie and his friends and just a great guy. Always default, happy, smiling. Never default like bitchy. What was me? Even though he had some health issues, even back then he did. <clears throat> and so. You could tell, and just by his social media, that he was one of the guys. And I hired, I hired him full-time from part-time, which I was happy to do. And he trained me at RKO on overnights, how to run the board and do stuff. A great trainer, had all the patience in the world. And he was much younger than me. He was just a, just a, just a sweet, nice guy. Probably would have won, like, Intercom uh, Most Popular because he was just a, a great guy. His name, John Albanese, the, he, his name, his radio name was Bernie. Everybody had a nickname at RKO, and his was Bernie. And so, um, he was just cool, and I would love to. I learned a lot from him because he knew all the technical stuff from radio, and he was just nice. And we've talked through the years, tweeted here and there, or texted here and there about getting together for a beer or whatever. You know, sometimes he came back to Melrose. He went off to um, maybe the Golf Channel or something. He went off and got a nice gig, maybe at ESPN or something for a while, and then came back. A pretty good. <clears throat> Producers run. He learned. He was one of these producers who knew how to run everything, run the Red Sox, run the Celtics, run whatever. He's very and just a great guy and was extremely great to me when I needed him to be. And you know, there are times when I wasn't like it. When I, 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 I was terrible at 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 running the board initially, and I just effed up everything. And this kid was just gentle and nice, and was like, "Don't sweat it, don't sweat it." Uh, you know, he was just awesome. So anyway, John Albanese, um, once again, just a nice, great guy. He just died in uh, just yesterday, I think. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and um, and you know his whole <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm, his whole thing is just one of those people. And I know that you guys know. Maybe you are this guy. Is that he was always up for fun, always. And this is just going by his friends. So anyway. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm not cracking up here. I'm just trying. I want you to hear something about how John Albanese. Not even. I don't even think he was 40 when he when he died. He's mm -hmm. a younger guy. Listen to his how his friend describes him. So this is. I don't know this guy. I don't think I know him. But, but. But here you can see there's all sorts of pictures of the boys hanging out, them golfing, okay. them, uh, you know, having a few drinks, fishing, this and that. Bernie, who's John Albanese, and his boys, whatever. <coughs> Sorry. So one of these was one of these posts of condolence. And everybody, there's been so many because everybody knew him. It's such a shock. that It doesn't make any sense that John Albanese, Bernie, would die because he's such an angelic guy. With a nice, sweet soul and a good kid and fun and, you know, never... Every picture he's in, I see, by the way, he's smiling. Every picture. He's one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, big-name personalities have mentioned him. 
you know, his passing was shocking. The the program director who was who was Jason Wolf was very was shocked. It was just one of these things. There's that linchpin person where it's like, no, it doesn't make any sense. It's unacceptable that they did. <clears throat> but so anyway, here's a Facebook friend from from his friend, his probably best friend, I assume. Mm-hmm. And I found this post to be just um, heartbreaking. So, in its own way. So this guy is, this is Albany's John's friend, Bernie's friend, um, named Rye Guy. So, I, I assume his name is Ryan, whatever. But anyway, he said, he posted just two hours ago. So, by the way, Albany's John had health problems his whole life and so and died very young. So, he says, he posts this, John Albanese was an incredible human being. He was one of my best and closest friends for 22 years. John was the life of the party despite being quiet and a gentle giant. He kept in touch with the people that were important to him frequently and rarely did a few days pass that he wasn't reaching out and sharing jokes, texting funny memes, or sharing inside jokes in the group chat, or just calling or texting to see how you were doing. I am finding it impossible to grasp that he is gone. I am in utter shock, disbelief, and my heart goes out to his family, who he loved dearly and was always there to take care of. This seems not real. I am grateful for the beers we shared just a mere two weeks ago when everything was fine and nothing but our mutual futures were on the horizon to think about and plan for. I will never forget you, John. I am grateful for... Uh, I'm grateful for all the cheesesteaks with marrow, uh, marijuana, with marinara, and grateful for all the cheesesteaks with marinara and grilled onions, all the buffalo chicken calzones with pepperoni, all the beach days, the shows, the hangs, the weekend adventures, the weekend adventures away with the guys, the regular everyday camaraderie. We would text all the time. And already, it'll be tough for me to get through. Okay, hold on. Okay, I can do it. Do my breathing exercises. It says, we would text all the time, and already the silence on this phone is deafening. And then he's got a picture of a broken heart. So, man, it just goes to show you the the power of, uh, you know, friendship... Mm-hmm. In love, I think this is like this is the most eloquent thing I've ever read. Even yeah. though it has beers and buffalo chicken in it. Mm-hmm. You know, what a thing to say. <clears throat> we would text all the time, and already the silence on this phone is deafening. Mm-hmm. Incredible. <sighs> so, man, that just blew me away today. I was like, should I pre-record this so I don't cry like a bitch, or should I try to read it? But anyway, that is uh, that is quite a, a tribute to John Albanese, and uh, rest in peace. He is a he is a uh, was a hell of a good guy, just a a, a great guy. So, um, so that is where we start here, and and uh, obviously, um, obviously, you know things happen in life. You lose people. It's I, I my belief is that. Is that as you lose people that you love, certainly, that, you know, 
I'm sure you can find comfort, but I but I believe that that with every person you lose who you actually love, that it's actually part of you is gone. Yeah. And sometimes it's just it's just best not to. <clears throat> sometimes it's just easier not to, to like almost think about it or dwell on it because that's that. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what life is. Life is, <clears throat> you know. Walking, we're all the walking wounded, you know. If you've lost people, or if you've known lost, etc., and you know, some are better than are luckier than others. John lived to be 40, he's luckier than somebody lived to be 20. We're luckier right now, here with all our issues and problems, etc., than uh, people in Ukraine who are about to uh endure incre- incredible tragedies. And there's a lot of suffering in the world, so yeah. Yeah, no. When when you start to think about the weight of human suffering, it can easily get uh, too much to to really like process or think about in a real way because because it is so much because there's billions of people and all of them die eventually. So all of us know people who've died, and I <sighs> I don't know. Which is why it's one of the reasons, and we'll put a little space in between this conversation and our personal family thing. We'll do it at the end. How about that? Yeah. I okay. mean, I can't so, exactly no, I talk about a dog dying after that. Thing. So, so, um, like about last night, about the State of the Union thing, this is what I'll say about it. It was, um, It was a deflating experience. It was a hollow gesture. This idea, this, and I don't necessarily want to play all the audio, but this idea that somehow we're doing a victory dance about Ukraine, patting ourselves on the back, waving little Ukrainian flags and throwing shout outs out there. Six days ago, Russia's Vladimir Putin sought to shake the very foundations of the free world, thinking he could make it bend to his menacing ways. But he badly miscalculated. He thought he could roll into Ukraine and the world would roll over. Already it's a victory speech. What are we, how, what are we celebrating exactly? The right. fact that he's inside Kiev right now shelling the shit out of the place? Yeah, there was some like peace in our time vibes a little bit. Like, it wasn't no, but just when when Chamberlain's a piece in our time, the Russian, the German tanks hadn't mobilized. Right, they weren't actually going yet. He, Biden is. This is a victory lap, but over what? They're going into slaughter the Ukrainians right now. We're all spectators in this. So let's this celebratory, this this this, uh, you know, the gold medal speech that he's giving is ridiculous. Instead. He met with a wall of strength he never anticipated or imagined. He met Ukrainian people. The Ukrainian ambassador to the United States is here tonight, sitting with the First Lady. Let each of us, if you're able to stand, stand and send an unmistakable signal to the world of Ukraine. What's the unmistakable signal? They're what, the, standing up and clapping. You're right. That yeah, that you're getting a round of applause. You know, some of them are wearing blue some, and yellow for the Ukrainian right, flag. Right, waving colors, their little flags so. and standing up and, and it's like we're getting giving them an applause. You know, the same thing that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna give to college debt relief. The, the people of Ukraine get the same level of applause. That's great. 
What does that do for anybody? For anybody. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. She's bright, she's strong, she's resolved. Putin's latest attack on Ukraine was premeditated and totally unprovoked. He rejected repeated, repeated efforts at diplomacy. He thought the West and NATO wouldn't respond. He thought he could divide us at home in this chamber and this nation. But we got together and sanctioned him and shut down his banking abilities. So he's withdrawn back into Russia. Yeah, that's no, what the, this no. that's what this tone is. That's what this tone is. This is a we've won. We've uh, thrust him back out. He thought he could divide us in Europe as well. But Putin was wrong. We are ready. We are united. And that's what we did. We stayed united together along with our. We stayed united as he poured into uh, the Kiev. As he's taking over and choking them into starvation right now. We stayed united. Is everything, uh, you know, uh, Ukraine strong shirts now? That's what it is? Yeah. That we're all no. wearing? And, you know, it's <clears throat> it was not that long ago that our press secretary was tweeting hashtag stand with Ukraine, too. Because the, the, that's what these people do, Democrats. They are so ingrained in activist mentality that they don't know how to do stuff. Right? Huh? It's always yes. like... Remember when <clears throat> Michelle Obama took the picture of herself with the hashtag bring back our girls? Mm -hmm. It's like you and your husband are the most powerful people in the world. If you can't bring the girls back, who do you think is going to be bring the girls back? If the commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces is saying we're united, we stand with Ukraine, but not doing it like who is he asking to do something exactly? Right, and Who's like you said, as you in? said, right, and as you said with the bring back our girls thing, that hashtag wasn't for Michelle to use. That's for Michelle to get her husband to do something for. That's right. to them. That's not them for them to enjoy. Yeah, who are you asking to bring them back? <clears throat> right, you're the person. <laughs> it stops with you. You're the person, and it's the same but thing. But they don't know how to be that person. Right, <clears throat> and that's the same thing with uh, all the sloganeering. We're going to kill them with slogans. We stand with Ukraine. I stand with Ukraine. I stand with United. I have a, the flag in my avatar now, you see? You see? We have the Ukrainian whatever now singing the, the bunch of Ukrainian songs. Aren't we, aren't we good? Aren't we good? Yeah, we're all good. We're really good. I stand with Ukraine. But doesn't it just demonstrate like how spoiled our country is realistically in terms of like real stuff happening to us. I mean, like, 9-11 well, is the realest thing that happened on American soil, really, I think, like, ever. Event. Event, right. right. But, like, and I think, like, uh, the, the American attitude, like, can't, we're, like, too far from the Civil War to have any perspective uh, of, like, what a war on your land is, right? Like, and even, like, people who remember going to World War Two and being in World War Two are you know that generation's leaving us the closest thing we have is probably vets of iraq and afghanistan but that's like such a small percentage of the population comparatively that like i just think like the broad swaths of our populace like don't have a conception of what war is or what you know it, 
death is and suffering is and, and, you know, what kind of sacrifices that sort of stuff really takes. And we're so used to our problems being able to be solved with, like, lawn signs and and clever tweets that, like, well, because we have fake problems, right? right? Like, well, Sally so just showed me, Sally to- just added show content because she just showed me an app who's changed their logo now to the Ukraine flag. Oh, good. Yeah. So now the app, you know, they're thinking about Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. But that's but that's like the types of problems liberals are geared to solve in this day and age. Right. Is they are not they they have no real problems of liberalism or civil rights in the United States anymore. So they're now focused entirely on solving these problems that are like imaginary made up problems like microaggressions and pronouns and like silly things, you know, things that they do believe can be solved by like BlackRock putting a rainbow flag on their avatar during Pride Month and putting like a Ukrainian flag here. And I mean, the... That's the type of that's that's the type of thing that solves the type of problems that they have because the type of problems that they have left to deal with are so minute and it and you know questions of semantics and 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 feelings and stuff. You know, there aren't really real problems that they have to deal with. They don't have to deal with real wars. They don't have to deal with real civil rights struggles. Right. That stuff's like done in and the United remember, States and has been done for like a generation basically. And this stuff is almost it's whatever happens to come upon over the elitist transom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh poor us um, you know, let's have nurses dance together and do river dance uh, performances. Mm-hmm. That's really important. And then, you know what, let's stand with China. You know, it's important. And, and then that show is over. And then, uh, you know, for a while, we all got into Tiger King together. And then George Floyd died. There was a big one. And the George Floyd show after after lasted for a while. And from the George Floyd show, we went right into the election show. And then the uh, insurrection show and of course the COVID show, and then now it's the Ukraine show. And every time the elites look at this, they've got no investment in any of these whatsoever. Of course not. So they're happy to be all in. And oh, we gotta watch it. It's the hit show of the of the year. It's the George Floyd show. It's the hit show of the year. It's the Black Lives Matter show. And the you know black people being murdered in the streets. But then. Something happens, they turn the channel, and they never look back. So even though the Black Lives Matter thing, ostensibly, and they told us how how good they were and how much they cared about black people, and they wanted to change all the signs and get rid of the statues and everything had to be changed. But, of course, actual black lives are in a much worse place now than they were before. Of course. <clears throat> As they've d- disarmed these cities and reimagined police and all this other stuff. Another thing that Biden talked about last oh, night. Oh, yeah. The ultimate gaslighting. We don't want to defund the police. We want to fund the police. It's always <laughs> been Republicans who wanted to defund the police. Democrats tell us with a straight so face. So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund Those the police. Those are just Democrats defunding saying, the police. There's about a thousand the of this. This is an eight-minute clip, but it goes on there forever. You're right. Democrats said this. And even well, though Biden, because he knows that the party's going to be washed out, is now saying this. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. Right. It's to fund the police. Fund them. 
now he's saying that, of course, to right. try to toss this a lifeline to everybody. Saving, saving the Democrats who are in uh, close districts, exactly. attempting it, to bail them out. And it's, uh, it's funny that you say that because he took a lot of my advice yesterday, actually. Remember, I said he well, should have a steel worker there. He did have a steel worker of course, there. But, he but, tried to moderate. But once again, this... Fund the police. Fund the police. And here's Biden in 2020. Do you believe there is systemic racism in law enforcement? Absolutely. But it's not just in law enforcement. It's across the board. It's in housing. It's in education. It's in everything we do. It's real. It's genuine. It's serious. Look, not all law enforcement officers are racist. My Lord, there's some really good, good cops out Not there. all. Not all of them. I mean... 85, 86%, <laughs> sure. But there's some good ones. Not all of them are racist. What a thing to say. What a backhanded compliment, I guess. Well, right. Or, and then you saw Black Lives Matter tweeted last night that they were upset that he said defund the police. Or not to, to, to defund not the police. To, yeah, no, not but, to defund but anyway, the so here's Biden during the same interview being asked specifically, are you saying defund the police? And listen to the canniness of the answer. Do you support defunding the police? No, I don't support defunding the police. Okay. Well, there you go. So he doesn't support support defunding the police. So let's listen a little Mm -hmm. uh, closer. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness. In fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community. Right. So defund the police. If they don't reach the criteria that we've decided is where they should be, according to anti-racist and woke um, um, bureaucrats. Right. And of course, we've been seeing the results now for, you know, a year and a half or so of not even we didn't even have to get to the point of actually defunding the police because the rhetoric and the ways that police were treated and the talk about defunding the police led to enough retirements and people deciding not to go into policing at all that you know did it have the same effect anyway you know yeah so i mean the whole thing and then with him saying that we, you know what, it's time that we be nicer to each other. It's time that we show each other a little bit more. Um, that we show each other. Um, uh, oh, oh, wait, actually, it's over here. Let me show that we show each other. Oh, damn it! Hold on, I'm gonna have to find it. It couldn't fit. Oh, I can't. Do this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <sighs> uh, My the... other favorite part of the uh, State of the Union was his plan to combat inflation. Which was not only all things that will not help combat inflation, but coincidentally were an exact punch list of other things that he wants to do, like uh, make... One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. By the way, who? what straw man argument is that? How Obama? William? I mean, I think he's referring to the uh, to like the Federal Reserve policy to like contract the economy a little bit and to you know. But it, you're right; it is a straw man. Nobody's saying wages should be lower, but lower your costs, not your wages. That means make more cars and semiconductors in America, more infrastructure and innovation in America. More goods moving faster and cheaper in America. More jobs where you can earn a good living in America. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America. 
Wow. Look. Should I keep oh, going with this or you want? I'll, I have something to say. Okay, go ahead. Because the the thing that's interesting about this, of course, is that, um, well, first of all, obviously things that are made in America are more expensive. Like even people who are advocates of making things in America, it's much more expensive to make things in America than it is to make them overseas, even with the shipping costs. Otherwise, obviously, we wouldn't be doing it. But the things that you buy at Walmart are way cheaper than made in America equivalents because, you know, they're, they're paid to people with much lower wages. It's, it's not going to reduce inflationary pressures to make stuff in America. The, the goods and services that are made in America are more expensive. But be that as it may... uh. You know, even supposing that there's like some merit here to this argument that it's like the inflation is coming from like the supply chain pressures. So if we could make things in America, we could do better. The truth is that that's like not really how inflation works, because, you know, the the, the magic of free markets and prices is that people determine how much they're willing to pay for stuff on their own. There is no system that decides. And they're able, the, the magic of that is that you're able to adjust around things like like supply chain pressures and other things, right? The thing is, is that when something's more expensive, the people who need it more decide that they still want to buy it at the higher price, and the people who don't need it as much decide that they don't want to buy it at the higher price. The problem comes when you... you artificially juke demand for uh, for goods and services by dumping a bunch of money into the economy without actually fixing the economy or the underlying problems, right? Because now you have a lot more money in the economy. And if it weren't those particular goods, like if it weren't the demand for the cars with the chips that's making them expensive, it would be something else because that money is there. All money represents is the ability to buy stuff. So that represents demand. So if, you know, people are like, oh, well, and he says this in his speech too, like, oh, well, the cars accounted for a third of the inflation. Look like, at cars last year. One third of all the inflation was because of automobile sales. But the problem is if the people weren't going to spend that money on cars, the demand couldn't be met and so the prices rose. They'd be spending money on something else that the demand couldn't be met because there's only so much production capacity in the economy, you know? So when you don't fix the economy and you just put money in, then you end up with the inflation, whether the inflation is in cars or whether it's in something else. It just happened to be in cars because that's what people felt like buying with their extra money. But if it weren't in the cars, it would be somewhere else because you've dramatically increased the amount of money that's there. And it's the same with all these other things. All all of his plans to combat inflation involved essentially by one means or another giving people more money. Oh, we have to reduce the cost of pre-K. Like, that doesn't help people. They just have a bunch more money now that they'll want to spend on something else that there won't be a supply of for them to buy. And the price of that will go up instead. Like, you can't you can't beat inflation by trying to fix the things that are too expensive because the things are too expensive because, you know, more people want to buy them than we have production capacity. Like, that's just how this goes. Right. So and what what else? Long term care needs to be cheaper. Prescription drugs need to be cheaper. That was a bit rich of him to talk about insulin, too, when that's like one of the mm -hmm. first things he did when he came into office was reduce was reverse Trump's a policy that was making insulin cheaper for people. It's absolute gaslighting insanity that he has the totally. nerve to sit here and get all poetic and and 
weepy at us about looking your kid in the eye and not being able to get the medicine. When this oh, is totally. your the stupid insulin <clears throat> policy, what are we talking right. about? It's it's so gross and so cynical, and they don't give a flying F, or they don't know, or they don't get it. Which is why <clears throat> I sent us that thing talking about where Ron Klain was uh, that he spent last night with the Midas Touch wackos with um, with politics the, girl. Politics girl. <clears throat> And Occupy Democrats or something, yeah. some wackos. The craziest the chief of accounts on Twitter. Gave his VIP attention on the State of the, during the State of the Union to wacko, lefty, crazy, progressive, psychotic groups. Which you pointed out, too. Midas touches a pack. How right. is it not a problem that the White House chief of staff is hanging out with people from a pack on Twitter? Because his name's like not Mike Pompeo, so... <clears throat> Uh, That's yeah, why. It's insane. Here's another Ron DeSantis. <clears throat> Jeez, don't right. get me started on that one. Here's another um, <coughs> uh, incredible thing that Biden said. Also, also, before I get to this, another thing that they said, well, they were going through the punch list. Why would, didn't they mention their uh, – they never mentioned Afghanistan, as we said, which is odd because they pulled off a historic airlift out of there, which was history made. Which you'd think they'd want to tout. It's one of Biden's huge <clears throat> achievements but, that he's very proud of. Finally right. getting us out of Afghanistan. Right. And I, I got up that from uh, from uh, Gabe on the commentary podcast. Uh, here is another Biden uh, audacious uh, suggestion. You know, we've lost so much in COVID-19. Time with one another. The worst of all, the much the loss of life. Let's use this moment to reset. So stop looking at COVID as a partisan dividing line. See it for what it is, a god-awful disease. Let's stop sending each, seeing each other as enemies and start seeing each other for who we are, fellow Americans. Look. That puts him in the Hall of Fame of the POS um, uh, uh, um, category. It continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. And for patients who still haven't gotten your kids vaccinated, please get them vaccinated. Look out for their interest here. It's the best way to protect them. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. That's right. It's one half of the country kills the other half of the country. And it, about along the it lines, was a winter of sickness and death that's right. just a couple of months ago. And, and, what along the lines of, of not dividing us. History has never been kind to those who've sided with voter suppression over voters' rights. And it would be, be less kind for those who side with election subversion. So I ask every elected official in America, how do you want to be remembered? The consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the side, the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be in the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be in the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? So your political opponents are all the goats of racism. Right. That's what he's saying. If you disagree with him. Right. This guy's a POS. He's really a, divi a divisive. The world would have been a better place had George Bailey, uh, Joe Biden, not been born. It would have been. Um, yeah, including people that we were literally in a war with over this stuff. Right. So, you know, the, the right gets a lot of flack for, like, talking civil war or national divorce or any of these things all the time. But, like, I mean, can you blame them with rhetoric like that coming out of the president's office? Well, of course not. And, and 
also this new office of uh, health, police, public safety, etc. What do you think they're going to be used for? I mean, the left has shown they love using the executive branch to harass and uh, and and terrorize Americans who they disagree with. They love doing it. They were happy to do it. This guy is a terrible president. Last night was a very typical night, a terrible night for him. And it's just a total uh, mess. They continue to gaslight, regardless of the fallout that's really happening in the war. They're getting their they're getting their feedback from AOC and the Midas Touch people and the neo Democrat freaking communist, and they cannot see or refuse to see and read outside of their echo chamber any part of America, which is now why Biden's in the thirtieth percentile in the thirties. Now, he's lost his support from the middle. This guy, is 60% or more of this country, has checked out with this guy and said, he effing sucks. He is now, in a combined polling, lower than Donald Trump was in 2018 at this time. He's well, sucking. Right. How could he not be? And it's like the irony of him going after and saying like that the Trump tax cuts hurt poorer people or hurt the middle class while they helped the wealthy. Like... We were there for the Trump tax cuts. Everybody who's of voting age lived through the Trump tax cuts. We lived through the economy that came after the Trump tax cuts. And for him, with a straight face, to claim that he's created all these jobs and stuff, when obviously it's because the country was turned off for half of 2020, right? You know, we we destroyed our economy and then it sort of like came back out of the hole when the the democrats decided to let it you know function again in a semi-normal way and then to take credit for that like he created all those jobs when it's like largely jobs in republican places like florida that that the governors have done things to to allow jobs to come back when when they've been trying to destroy the economy more and more like you know we we were there for the Trump tax cuts. We know what the economy was like. It was not like this. We did not see inflation like this. It's about to get worse with this war in Russia. Thanks to Biden for killing the Keystone pipeline. Thanks to Biden for allowing, you know, bad foreign actors to harm our infrastructure through hacking. Thanks to Biden for like all this stuff for, you know, garbage, just garbage foreign relations that have absolutely destroyed our credibility on the world stage. It's so pathetic. It's like literally everything they said that Trump was or did, they've now done. Like, oh, his policies are hurting working people. Like, but they didn't, though. Like, you're hurting working people. You're the one who sucks. Like, oh, no one respects us anymore. Like, really? What does it look like is happening to you on the world stage right now? It's just incredible the amount of projection that goes on. And it's funny, like, you you use the word deflating at the beginning of the podcast, that the State of the Union was deflating. And that's so true. Like, I turned to you and asked, like, was that... The Trump State of the Union with Rush Limon, the Trump State of the Union with, like, the, the widow who was there that right. Trump was honoring her husband and his sacrifice and stuff. And, like, I was like, were those the same one or were those different ones? Because, man, like, Trump gave some amazing, moving States of the Union and, you know, mm-hmm. honored incredible people. And they were just, you know. Oh, yeah, that was a rock show. I mean, it was wonderful. Inspiring yes. and, like, you know, heart-soaring, amazing it, moments that you could like feel proud of your country and and 
you know, what was going on in the country and we had a strong economy and he had real achievements to tout where he could legitimately say that people's lives were better than when he took the presidency, right? And like with Biden, it felt so, and I mean, granted, I'm biased. And I mean, like there were applause lines, but I just, I didn't see how any part of that speech, especially with what's going on in the world, coming off the disaster in Afghanistan, coming in the middle of this disaster in Ukraine, in the middle of this incredibly horrific economy for working people. Like, how can you, with a straight face, in honesty, like give us some, like where... Uh, unless you were going to mea culpa and say, like, we need to change course, things have not been going well, we obviously, but to, like, claim victory and, like, act like everything's great and do applause lines where, like, everything's going so much better now that I'm president, when, like, clearly right. to everybody, things absolutely suck. Like, I don't... Well, I think it has to do with, and you're right, there's a rigidity there where you would say, just, just take your hit on inflation or take your hit on energy production okay and say something so show us that you feel the our pipeline. pain Do say, uh, show us that you feel our pain and show us that you're able to make an adjustment but it's total rigidity which tells me that much like the, the entire pandemic was run by covid that this part of biden's campaign is run this part of biden's presidency is run out of the communication shop and in communications and press releases you never put anything negative when you uh, write a one sheet on a company, you don't say, "Well, we tried but failed." You don't. It's all positive all the time. Reinforce, reinforce. Good, positive, positive, positive. You've been in situations where you deal with marketing to customers, right? Right. Right. And it's never like this is this this is the best uh, sweater for fall there ever could be. Not so great in spring. You would never. But that's a communication shop. But if it's not so great in spring. Then there's some customers who will say, "Wow, you know what? That was nice that they said that." Remember the Domino's campaign, like eight years ago, said, "By the way, we acknowledge that our food now sucks, and we're going to make it all better." Like that, mm -hmm. I think was brilliant. Well, yeah, because the State of the Union isn't a PR like one sheet for customers. The State of the Union is the CEO going in front of the board of directors and explaining right. to them how things are going. And like, obviously, we know you're going to try and put yourself in a good light when you go in front of the board of directors. But like, also, you can only BS so much and you have to be honest because the board of directors also sees the financial statements and they know how things are going, right? right. And that's what I feel like. I feel like this person that you hired, whether or not you were in favor of hiring him to do this job is absolutely effing up and everybody knows it. everybody who's not an absolute partisan hack knows it and even the ones who are i think know it deep down oh, no, this, and are this, just cya this ceo is sticking with new coke <laughs> absolutely and touting how good it is in so many different ways even though everything shows it being bad um within with great limitations is there anything very important that you think that we should get to that's on our little string here on our little string? On, on, no. Okay. There's nothing in the in the Twitter string that has to be done. No, not really. No. Okay. So then we're going to move to our buddy, Wavy Davey. Little Dave, our um, Jack Russell Terrier, who we got five years ago. Five? Mm, no. Less than that. Was it? 2018. 2018? So we get uh, less than... Two little, and a half years ago. Well, four years ago. Three and a half years ago. Right. Okay. Um, well, we got Dave at first because uh, we needed a dog that could kill rats because we had rats because we're the Shattucks. And, of course, we did. 
Um, so, so then we got, he was a scrangly little dude who malnourished. He looked like more of a piglet than a Jack Russell. We got him from a terrible, terrible, uh, shelter. Um, the shelter in the was South bad Shore. News. Oh, it was cold and. And, and they he, said he'd been adopted before, and people had returned him because right. they didn't like him. Right, and yeah, and Dave. Yeah, okay. I won't say anything negative. But so, no. What I'm just Can saying you is, try not to be a jerk I, I'm for not a few saying, minutes. Hold on, Alice. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that's you know, see, Dave had some little doggy peccadillos that people may not like and might be tough. But which which was the reason for them uh, whatever for them returning him to the shelter. But anyway. He was a nice, cute, and totally loving little guy who was, he, he loved people. Nothing, he would fly, the moment you said, Dave, if you were in the couch, he would launch himself at you. Mm-hmm. And he was a sweet doggy and and um, and lovely and very entertaining, especially when he would try to maul Pepper, who was eight times his size. Uh, and Dave, a couple of days ago, got got very sick and it just, just went down here very quickly and couldn't... Um, and couldn't drink, retain any water or anything. And then today, this morning, passed away on this the way e- to the vet. This evening. In poor, or this evening, passed away. Well, Alice was bringing him to the vet. And, um, oh, there's Pepper walking by right now. And so um, so we missed Dave. And he was a great little guy. What an interesting little dog to have. He was super intelligent for a mm-hmm. tiny dog he really was and he really was good at killing rats actually yes and he got his he understood his name instantly and he listened to c- commands he was he thought like he's a jack russell but he thought that he was a lion you know he wanted to fight big dogs and and whatever it took and and so um so he's a member of our our little uh there's pepper uh so he's a member of our little family, and in uh, don't get off this cup. Good dog, get off. <laughs> Can you get off, please? No, no, no. Go, 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 go. Thank you, thank you. Couldn't Maybe have... you should be nice to Pepper in honor of Dave. For I'm one nice to day. Pepper. I just don't want Pepper's dander and hair on every bed. It's already. It's, it's a... been a sad and traumatic day. Would you like to talk to the folks about Dave? Is there something you'd like to? say? I don't know. There's a lot that I can say about it right now. To be honest with you, it's well, very traumatic. We miss Dave. And uh, I am starting a GoFundMe. No, you're not. Stop it. (laughs) Thank you for all the kind words about Dave. Alice is very upset today. She saw the whole thing uh, unfold, and it was very traumatic. And she's very upset. Now she's crying. Stop it. What what am I supposed to say when I'm talking alone, and you're not saying anything but just crying? What is the etiquette? You can play the exit music. Okay, I'm going to play the exit music. See See you guys tomorrow. I apologize for everything as usual. And everything, <laughs> everything I've done wrong. We'll see you all later. Thank you for listening, everybody, and for saying nice things about Dave the dog. And um, yeah, you can uh, talk to us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We're at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. Burn Barrel Podcast.com, or you can email us uh, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. We're, of course, on YouTube, Rumble. All the podcast apps, wherever you listen to podcasts, and, uh, you know, let us know. Oh, that's nice. Say la vie. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.